So you guys want to hear something amazing? Um, remember the uh, the old "What would Jesus do?" thing? You know, we got the got the bracelets on and all that. What would Jesus do? Um, well, I found it funny how many times if I ever called someone out, like, "What do you think Jesus would do?" or whatever, they would be like well, he would be nice or, you know, they would have some kind of really lame cliche uh, answer. And uh, I guess that was good for me because it did make me curious what Jesus would do. Okay, so here I am reading uh, Matthew 15 and 16, okay? I'm just going to actually read this. Why do your disciples disobey? This is the Pharisees, okay? Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. And Jesus replied, Why do you, by your age-old tradition, violate the direct commandments of God? Okay, so then he goes into the example. You know, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of your father and mother must be put to death. Okay, that's God's law. But you guys say that it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you because I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. So, (sighs) oh my gosh. Yeah. So people that think, oh man, the Pharisees, Sadducees, those are... We don't want to be like them or whatever. But they're often sitting in church who is literally, or, or they themselves are literally doing and making the same decisions, arguments, complaints, and whatever as the Pharisees did and literally cannot see themselves in that. Now, I, I feel like that could be, you know, an offensive thing to say. Well, let's look further into Matthew 15, right? So he's saying you cancel the word of God for the sake of, Of your own tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you and wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is farce, and they teach man-made ideas as if they're commands from God. (sighs) Then he calls to the crowd and said, Try to understand. Listen and try to understand. What goes into your mouth is not what defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Did you realize that you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? You know what Jesus' reply was? Now, he just offended somebody. Okay, he calls them out. He offends them. Now, he, now he, he just offended somebody. Now, he says, Every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind guide goes, uh, if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into the ditch. (sighs) Okay, they just told Jesus that he offended somebody. And he replies with an even more offensive and just downright scary response. 
<laughs> what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would tell the truth that sets us free, no matter how much it might hurt our little feelers. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so so Jesus, uh, what would he do? He uh, doesn't like hypocrisy. He doesn't want your money if you haven't taken care of your parents first. Okay. <laughs> um, he isn't worried about offending somebody because, I mean, he's basically saying if the shoe fits, they'll wear it. And if not, you know, it'll be fine. They'll repent. And you can't worry about what people are going to think about how or what you said. Um, Patting it all, all gentle is not something Jesus seemed to be real worried about. Okay. So that tells me that we are trying to appease men when we get too fluffy with what we say especially preachers and teachers oh boy because it's funny to me how many people will say what's really on their mind you know in a small group of people or just one-on-one but they get in the pulpit and all of a sudden we've turned into you know well I need to be the celebrity here so I better keep a lid on it and not all the pastors are like that thank goodness um I love finding some that are just They'll just say it and <laughs> rocks you back in your chair and, and there's appreciation and a depth for it. That's great. All right. So what else would Jesus do? Well, he goes walking along after all of this. And here comes this Gentile woman. Okay. And she starts begging uh, for God to help her. And, you know, this story has always bothered me because it seems like <laughs> Jesus just doesn't care. This Gentile woman, she's a Gentile after all. I'm here for the Jews. Like, you know, she's like, uh, you know, my daughter's possessed. Like, please, please make her better because basically she's seen that he can. And Jesus doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything to her. Now you think, oh, he's, you know, ignoring her, kind of being rude or whatever. But you know what he was doing? He was testing her faith. Okay, in reality, do we ever have uh, these times where we ask God for something and it feels like he's completely silent, like he doesn't care? (sighs) I mean, ultimately, Jesus knew in the end that he was going to grant the request because he knew that her faith was great, but he needed to show her that that's what it took. A relentless faith. So, so he ignores her seemingly, and the disciples are like, "Okay." And she keeps begging. The disciples are like, "Make her go away." Blah blah blah. Finally, the kerfuffle is getting big enough that Jesus says to the woman that he was uh, sent to just help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. And you know, is it right that? Uh, well, she basically ignores that statement and says. Uh, please help me anyway. And he said, well, isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replies, that's true, but even the dogs get the scraps of fall beneath. Okay, so when he does talk to her, it's like he's trying to talk her out of almost caring about what he could do or whatever. Okay, 
This whole time, I guarantee you, our good and loving God had compassion for her, had love for her. Uh, I mean, he himself opened the doors to the Gentiles being allowed, if they so chose, to become his as well. So what he did for her was for her sake. She needed to to know that easy come, easy go is not going to work. You really have the faith that I'm the Lord? Okay, be relentless. Don't take no for an answer, you could almost say. Oh my goodness, people do not teach that a lot, okay? Don't take no for an answer when you're asking God for something. Well, this lady already knew that he, uh, you know, cast devils out of people. So he kn- she knows it's, it's, it's his deal, his will. <laughs> so she doesn't take no for an answer. I mean, she's literally arguing with God. Like, this is why you should help me. Okay, so are we any different? So what would Jesus do? Well, he would test your faith, and we're supposed to keep coming at him. We're not supposed to give up just because he tests us for our own sake so that we can gain strength and endurance. Okay. So that's okay. This is all still in just Matthew 15. Okay. Then, you know, he goes on to feed, uh, I think it's the 4,000 in this. So what would Jesus do? Well, he would make sure his people are fed. He literally says, uh, that he felt sorry for, or that he's had compassion for these people because they've been with him for three days. Okay, have any of us ever been willing to sit, stand, or whatever with our kids, everything else, out in the middle of the wilderness to hear a preacher speak for three days solid with no food? Okay, sorry, but that's... (laughs) I've heard of in other countries they will literally do that, but in America, if the church service is even an hour, we got to go. We find another church where it's only a half hour. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so then, chapter 16, finally, the Pharisees and Sadducees come to test Jesus, demanding that he show a miraculous sign. Okay, so that sounds, like, really bad, you know, like, oh, those bad guys. But how many of us have been like, God, just show me a sign. I just need something solid. Okay, Jesus' response to this Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. Now here's one to unpack. But the only sign I will give them is a sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. Okay, here's what's interesting. In this gospel, in in this um, gospel account, in that thing, he says, he gives the thing of Jonah, And then he goes away. No other explanation at all of what that means. Okay? This is the kind of truths that with the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth, we are uh, not just allowed, but granted the privilege to unpack 
Okay, this is what we're supposed to be spending our time doing. What kind of hidden message, warning, or whatever was in there that we should be paying attention to rather than arguing about, you know, what Jesus would do when we've never even read the Gospels? Lord, help me. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, now, this really gets me. This is the best part. <laughs> Later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, uh, the disciples, they, they discovered they had forgotten any bread. Okay, so then they start arguing. You guys know the story. They start arguing with each other about, you know, they forgot the bread. Jesus completely ignores their physical need for a second and says, I mean, obviously, his mind is on what the Pharisees and the Sadducees just put him through. You know, they're demanding a, ma- a miraculous sign. Disciples are arguing about bread. And Jesus says, beware the, <laughs> the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then they're like, what are you talking about? You know, whatever. Like, we're sorry, we forgot the bread. Jesus says, why can you not understand what I'm talking about? That I'm not talking about bread. So I say again, be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast and the bread, but about the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. How do we know if we're sitting under deceptive teaching? Weigh it against the Bible yourself, reading the Bible yourself. You cannot take someone's word for it if they say it's in the Bible. Find it yourself. Don't take their word for it. Okay, God has, uh, you know how many people were burned at the stake so that we could have Bibles in our hands right now in America, in the English language? Um, It's a horrifying story, but we should never take it for granted. We should learn truth. Okay, side note there. All right, so anyway, so then, you know, Jesus goes on to ask people, you know, the, the disciples who people say that he is, Peter, you know, then he says, who do you think that I am? Peter answers, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes into this very intense, like, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because of my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Oh, wait. Wait, we can learn some things from God that don't come from any other human's mouth? Oh, no. (laughs) No, see, if the pastor didn't say, I'm sorry. Anyway, that's... Okay, just so you know, I was asking God one day if I come across too uh, condescending or sarcastic or anything like that. And literally the very next verse he, he, uh, that I read, I opened the Bible to randomly, was in Isaiah somewhere. And it is literally, he's like mocking people. Okay, now, I'm not trying to give some kind of excuse, but you know... <laughs> Jesus was way more real than any of us like to think. If if we're going to just keep all the fluffy little feathers, you know, unruffled, we don't have time for that. Okay, we got to get truth out there. So let's go. Let's go. All right. So I, I, my conscience is clear. If you think I'm off, pray for me. All right. Um. Okay. So, so he's telling Peter. 
you know, I'm changing your name. I'm going to build my church on you. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. You will have the keys of heaven. Okay. Whatever you forbid will be forbidden. Whatever you permit will be permitted. And, and this is like this amazing thing that he tells Peter because Peter, I don't know, gives the right answer or whatever. Okay, so this sounds like, oh, man, Jesus really knows. What would Jesus do? He knows how to give um, some really great blessing, okay? Woo, I mean, when he pours it out, it's thick. The keys of heaven, all of hell won't prevail against it. You're a rock, you know, all this kind of stuff. Did you guys know in this same chapter, Matthew 16, in this same chapter, literally just a few verses down from there, now, you got to understand, Peter's feeling pretty good, right? Jesus just blessed him, told him all his future and all this kind of stuff. It's great. And then Jesus predicts his own death and says that this is going to happen in verse 21. And Peter takes him aside and begins to reprimand him and saying, No, heaven forbid that this would ever happen to you. Then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. So, what am I getting at today? I am getting at the fact that Jesus was completely real no matter what. You know, once he had a really great alliance going with Peter, he didn't start to dummy down what he needed to say to Peter after that in order to keep them good buddies. Okay? Now, the reason I can say that is because I have done that so many times. I, you know, once you start kind of, getting along with somebody, you haven't had to compromise any of your beliefs yet or anything. But the more you start getting along, the more you realize they're thinking a little differently than you. And and, and now you're going to either have to kind of put some awkwardness in the relationship or stop it completely or something if you go ahead and say what's real to you. Because you're starting to realize you don't have things in common. Or you have to decide that you're going to influence them your direction. And if they don't like it, it, I mean, you have to be willing to give it up. Jesus is completely real with Peter. Why did they trust him? Well, because what he said was absolutely, you could tell it was true. Of course, he didn't have an agenda when he's willing to say to the same guy who he's going to build, you know, his church on and all that, get behind me, Satan. Hello. Come on, people. Seriously, this is so amazing. His level of respect, his level of care, his level of truth and real is not something that we are all necessarily um, mirroring in the church today. Could, Could you agree with that? Okay. What would Jesus do? That was a chapter and a half in one of the Gospels. He would do a lot of things that most of us have no idea much about. What would he do? Get in there and find out. Evaluate what this guy did because that is supposed to be our example. That's why he came. He came to be our example. What would Jesus do? Look it up for yourself. Don't take my word or anyone else's word for it. Look it up. All right?
Love you guys. Have a good one.